us today on episode number 231 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're talking about the idea of sustainable training. What does it mean to train sustainably and why is that important? Now, one of the things that we need to remember is that consistency is the key to everything. So training sustainably will allow us to achieve greater consistency and get results. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today we want to talk all about training sustainably or sustainable training. Um, but before we jump into that, just a quick note that the Real Life Runners Training Academy is open for enrollment. Today is the last day. If you're listening to this episode on the day that it's released, on Thursday, December 16th, Today is the last day for you to sign up for the Real Life Runners, a training academy this year, okay? This is going to be the last enrollment period of the year. So if you want to run faster and longer without injury, if you want to feel strong and in control, if you want to feel amazing about your training, about your running, about your life in general, you want to be a healthier version of you in 2022, the Real Life Runners Training Academy will help you to get there, okay? We will teach you, we will give you the exact plan that you need to follow so that you can get the results that actually matter to you. We will help you transform into a healthier, stronger version of yourself so that you can feel proud of yourself. You can go out there and set goals and achieve them and know that you're training in a way that's right for you. Yeah, and one of those big ways that you're able to train in the way that's right for you is to train in a more sustainable manner in a, in a way that will continue to serve you for as long as you want to run. I know you are planning on running for many, many more decades. Yes. I've got the perfect vision of you in your little, like, Team USA singlet, like, <laughs> knocking out 100 meters in your 90s. <laughs> yeah. Like, we all see this coming because... It, you can only get there if you train in a sustainable fashion that right. you can continue running up to that point. Yeah, because it's important for us to think about longevity, I think, as runners. I think we want to start thinking about this as runners, as human beings, right? We want to live long and healthy and happy lives. And running is the way that we're choosing to do that, right? All of us that are listening to this podcast, you're a runner, right? How like, what is it that you want to get out of running? What results do you want running to give to you? And I think that's really important on getting clear. And that's really one of the things we're going to talk about today. But before we jump in, just so you know, head to the website, realliferunners.com to sign up for that training academy. Like I said, doors close on December 16th. So this is the last chance you have to get in this year. All right. So sustainable training. Let's do it. Sustainable training and why sustainable training is not at odds with reaching for big goals. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, here's the thing, right? I think that, again, we need to go back to why are we doing all this? Like, what do we want running to give us? Why are we chasing goals? Why are we setting goals? Why are we chasing goals? Why does it matter if we actually achieve these things? That's a very deep and personal question for everyone listening. Yeah, but I think it's something that we all share, right? And I think that... One is that we want to be healthy. Yes. Two is that we want to live healthy lives. We want to live longer lives and we want to feel strong and we want to feel proud of ourselves and we want to feel like a winner. Yeah, strong, proud, winning, happy, I think is definitely happy. up there. And, and running gives that to so many of us. Like yeah. Running is a source of feeling good about yourself. It, you know, it breeds your self-confidence. It breeds happiness, joy. Like all of this is kind of connected to running. 
think about if you've ever been hurt for a while and you literally cannot go run because you're in too much pain, that takes away a lot of these, you know, aspects of your life that you really want. Mm-hmm. So in in order to continue to get the benefits from running, you have to train in a way that is most sustainable. And mm-hmm. I'd argue that that sustainability leads to long-term consistency that ultimately leads towards achieving super big goals that you put out there. Yeah, because consistency creates the best possible training outcomes, right? We have to be consistent because running is one of those things that you don't get success overnight, at least not big success, right? When you first start running, you know, if you're um, brand new to the running journey, welcome. We um, welcome all shapes, sizes, ages, genders, all, you know, all the things. If you run, you're a runner. That's what we believe here. Um, But it's one of those things that you might get some immediate success, right? At the very beginning, there's a lot of progress that you can make just because you're starting something new and you're doing things with your body. But if you're looking long-term, right, at some point that like beginner success kind of starts to fade out and you start to plateau. And when that plateau hits, it's about training in a way that you can keep progressing because more progress is possible. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter, you know, where you are on your running journey progress is always possible if you train in a way that is right for you, for your body, and for where you are in your running journey right now. 100%. That training for the best plan for you is what leads to the greatest consistency. So if you're really trying to get somewhere, you want to consistently, day upon day, keep taking steps forward toward whatever it is that you're aiming for with as few steps backwards as possible. And look, running is an up and down kind of thing. So sometimes it's like three steps forward and then a step backwards. But the more steps you can line up forward and the fewer steps you can line up in reverse, the more progress you're going to make toward your end goal. It's when we stop trying to take these steps that we kind of try and stop moving forward as though we've somehow achieved the goal that we just naturally slip backwards. You can't say, oh, I've achieved running fitness. Now I don't have to run anymore. That's not really how that works. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, (laughs) (laughs) right? I mean, quite honestly, wouldn't it be cool? Um, But that's just, like you said, that's not how running works. There's not really like that end goal for most of us that want to be lifelong runners that there is really no end goal it's like we want we crave that continued growth and continued improvement how can I continue to get better and when you know a lot of us as we get older we start to see the speed kind of slow down so then we just start running longer and longer right like just because we crave that growth we want to see that we are making progress in our running and our life yeah growth and and exploration mm. like what else can i do what else is possible within me in the world of running and you kind of give me a look there as you're like as the prs start disappearing maybe you just keep running longer and longer and longer as i just kind of keep looking at races <laughs> that have bigger and bigger numbers in front of well, them and I think that that, again, is, you know, between you and I, it's um, very demonstrative of where we are on our individual running journeys, right? Like, you and I started running at very different times. You had so much speed at the beginning. I'm still wondering how fast I can get, right? Because I started running later in life. I started, you know, training later. So I really don't know if I still am able to get faster. You've been running so long that you have such incredible PRs, right? In those, some of those shorter distances um, that, 
you're starting to question if you're going to be able to get faster or beat any of those times or if you even want to. That's the second one that is the more interesting thing is I really thought about this a lot on, on a run the other day. I'm like, would I like to PR in the mile? Like, would I like to run my fastest time ever in the mile? And part of me is like, man, that'd be really cool to do at my current age to run the fastest I've ever run in the mile. And with, like, before I even finished that sentence, I was like, I know the training that would have to go into that, and I have no desire to go through that. Like, I don't... I don't ignore the speed aspect of training. I put that in. But the emphasis on such high-end speed that I would need to do to get a mile PR is a whole nother level of training that mm-hmm. I, I just I would not find interesting or fun in the process. Right. So, you know, that's obviously part of it too, right? Figuring out for you what you actually want to do. Like not just because somebody else is doing it, not because you think this is what you should be doing, but actually find a goal that seems exciting to you because I think that's a really big part of why a lot of runners don't have that consistency or that sustainability because it doesn't light them up in a way that gets them excited to start chasing down some of these goals, right? If you're just doing things because you think you should be doing them versus I actually want to do this thing, that's really going to change how you show up for your training. All right, so what does it actually mean to train sustainably? How does that actually look? So we've got a couple points that we want to talk about today. Number one, you don't sacrifice your long-term success for short-term success. The thing is that this does not completely ignore short-term success. Of course. You you can certainly still have it. You can still train for the race. Mm -hmm. Like You can have a a shorter-term training plan. It's like, I'm going to run a PR. I'm going to aim for a PR in that race. You can have seasons of your running where a race sort of builds to the next one and builds to the next one. You can have time where you put more emphasis in running activities in your life and then another few months where you put less emphasis on running activities in your life. I think that really helps build a sustainable running sort of formula Mm -hmm. if running is not always the most important thing. That doesn't mean that you can't have immediate success in it, but it gives you a chance to have continuous success in it. Right. And, And like, so you're basically not saying that like, you have to completely ignore short-term wins for long-term success. That's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is you should definitely continue to celebrate the small wins along the way and look for evidence of success along the way. It's just when you look at your training as a whole and you say, okay, if I train really, really hard for this race, I know that I'll be able to PR, but I'm also going to be putting myself at a really high risk of injury, for example, right? Because of the mileage it takes and because of the timeline that you put on it, right? Am I going to be able to run a marathon in X number of weeks, Yeah, it's possible, Mm -hmm. right? But you're going to have to train really hard to do it. You're going to have to up your mileage quicker. You're going to have to put yourself at a higher risk of injury in order to achieve those short-term goals. And is it worth that to you, right? Like, is it worth it to be able to run a marathon in three months if you don't have the proper base built up, but yet your friends are doing this marathon and you want to do this marathon with your friends? Is it worth it for you to do that if 
you're going to possibly get injured in the process. And I've had people that I know that have done this, right? They had this goal, they trained really, really hard for it because they really wanted to PR or they did it in a way that, you know, kind of ramped their mileage up on on the quicker end of things, right? Not to say that it was like completely not doable, right? Some people just, you never know how your body's going to respond, right? But there are kind of the more, the more conservative, like safer ways to do things. And then there are the more aggressive ways to do things. And I've seen people do things more aggressively and they've been able to run that marathon or do that race or whatever, you know, achieve that goal. Um, they may or may not have actually achieved the goal, but then they are out for a couple of months afterwards. They're, they're not able to run at all because they hurt themselves so badly in that training cycle. Right. They went so big on the training cycle that now they're, they're physically spent, they're mentally exhausted yeah. from this thing. And so now there needs to be a break from running because running just became too much. Mm-hmm. That's literally the opposite of sustainable. Like when you have to take a break because the running has just become too much, you are by definition you're saying this is not sustainable what I'm doing I cannot continue to do yeah and it also relates I think to the season of your life right Mm -hmm. you know when are you choosing to take on this goal or this training cycle? What else is going on in your life? You know, I see um, a lot of moms, because I'm part of like a mom's running group, that, you know, they start running after they have the baby. They get they have the baby, they get cleared to run, they start running. Maybe they ran before, maybe they didn't, but they like want to get back in shape and they want to get their pre-baby body back, right? So they start running and they just end up overdoing it in like the first three months because it feels so good to just be out and to like have some time for themselves, like all of the mental benefits that they're getting from running and the physical benefits, of course, that they end up just overdoing it and then getting injured in the process. And then people realize, you know, okay, like I have a a baby at home, but I'm also really training. Oh, and I signed up for this marathon and I'm doing this and this and this. And there's so much that's being asked of them that like you said they become both physically and mentally fried and it's that's just not a sustainable way to train right it's it's not at all one of the other aspects that kind of comes in this is people that jump from one race to the next to the next mm-hmm. now it's one thing if if you in just love races cuz yeah. i've got i got friends that just enjoy going to races and being in races and every race does not need to be a pr they just have fun at races mm-hmm. so much fun so they sign up for them as much as possible that's a different category. There's other people that literally are trying to race as much as possible. And PR every time. Right. Right? Because I think there's something to be said. Like, if you're just going to races and you're doing uh, races as part of your training, that's a different way to train than trying to race and PR every single race that you run. Right. This goes kind of back to what you were saying of newer runners that tend to have a lot of early success. As you start racing, if you've never run, if you haven't raced a certain distance before, the first time out is obviously your personal best. And then the next one might be again. And then the next one might be again. But eventually the PR stream sort of dries up. And then you got to search for, well, if that was the only thing keeping me going was that I was able to keep getting this PR. Now what do I do? And so some people just start finding new ways of getting another PR. They find a longer distance, a different distance, or they start categorizing themselves. Like I, we've now hit the the master's category. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to rerun all of my different race distances and call them all new PRs Yeah, because you can do that. And 
it's really just playing sort of mental tricks that you're still saying that this race and this time on the clock is your sustainable way of continuing to run. But that basically means that if there was not a time on a clock somewhere that you would not be able to run anymore. So I don't think that that's the most sustainable way of going at it. Well, I think it depends on what you make that number mean, right? I think that the number on the clock can be a good indication of whether or not we are making progress, right? Like that is a very tangible thing for us to hold on to. It's just about what we make that number mean. You know, is that number the be all end all? Does that number dictate the feeling that you have based, you know, whenever you cross the finish line? Are you still satisfied with your performance and the effort that you put forth during that race? You know, did you go out there and give it all you had? um, And then what result did you get? And I think that like, if we can use the numbers and take that as data and as, um, you know, how our training is going, right? Like we can say, okay, this is the way I've trained for this cycle. And here, here's how I am. Here's a nice checkpoint for me. And then use that to like make some adjustments. That's a great way to use numbers, you know, on the clock. But if we are going to dictate that the number is our only measure of success, then that's where it becomes an issue. Yeah. If you can use the number to kind of help adjust a training plan, that's one thing. If you use a number to make yourself feel happy or sad, I feel like you've given far too much power to that number Mm -hmm. because then you're trying to say that okay well the race was definitely correctly measured and there's no way that I could have gone too long on that thing from one race to the next I've run plenty of marathons and half marathons my watch does not ever come out to 13.1 or Mm 26.2 I'm sure that they're certified I don't know if my watch is and then people are like oh well is the watch correct or is the race distance correct and like well how easy is it to to cut a corner on different things? How many times did you have to veer off to hit a, a water, uh, you know, the the water station or to hit a bathroom break? Like these things just sort of affect you. So if you're really tying everything so much into a number, that's that's not very sustainable. Whereas if you look at a race as a way that I can keep checking in with myself to see how hard I pushed, how I felt on different aspects, and use that as sort of a guide, kind of a not purely black and white, but kind of a gray area guide to areas you'd like to continue working on that might need some improvement in your training. I think that's a a good approach to using races. Yeah, for sure. You know, because a race can help you to basically design a plan with some direction. You know, we always say that like races are great checkpoints and they, you know, goals and races or goals for races are important because it gives you the direction that you're going. But going back to our idea here of, you know, um, not sacrificing our long-term success for our short-term success, we want to still make sure that when we train sustainably, we are still training all aspects, right? There are some people that, you know, they say, okay, it's time for me to train for a marathon. So that means I don't have to do speed work anymore because I don't really care how fast I do it. I just want to complete it. I'm just going for finishing this marathon. So there are some people that will use a goal or a race to kind of ignore aspects of their training or avoid certain things that maybe they don't like as much. So like, like for speed work, for example, right? So if you avoid speed work because you've got this goal, this short-term goal of running a marathon, right? If we're, and that is a short-term goal when we're looking at the years and years that you want to keep running, right? Is it the best thing for you to completely ignore speed work in pursuit of this short-term goal? Like, is that the best thing for you long-term? 
Right, exactly. Like you, you can't ignore any aspect of your training. When you were first getting into running, back when you were still in that like borderline, I'm not sure I like this. I kind of hate this still. Mm-hmm. And you're like, <laughs> well, I'm training for a 5K. Why do I ever have to run longer than three? Yeah. You know, you it's wanted a very valid question. You wanted to ignore the the benefits of longer, slower runs because I didn't like them. Because you didn't like them. <laughs> Some people are like, well, I'm gonna only run really long distances so I can completely ignore all of the benefits of short, speedy sessions because those are really uncomfortable sometimes. Mm -hmm. So people will then set goals out there, not because that goal is necessarily a great goal for them, but because they think that they can use it to eliminate very important aspects of their training plan. Do you think that's why people actually do certain things? No, I don't think anybody does it consciously, but I think think that people will look at a goal and provide this sort of like unconscious, like which days out of the week are the most important part of my training. The long run seems most important for my marathon, so I'm going to make sure that I get that in at the expense of anything else, which Mm. is not always the the best plan. Well, if we're going to go with that example of like the long run, because I do agree, I think that there are some people that if they're training for a marathon without like an actual training plan, um, they will just focus on that long run. And, you know, some of the weekday runs even just kind of get missed, you know, along the way because life gets in the way. But in their head, as long as I get that long run in, I'm going to be okay for the marathon. Like, is that kind of what you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Where the, the long run suddenly becomes more than 50% of their mileage for the week. Like, they've got, like, a three-miler on Monday and a four-miler on Wednesday, and then they drop 16 miles on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not exactly the best way to go at training for a marathon. Will it get you to the finish line? Probably you know, that that kind of is the design of the three-day-a-week marathon plan that was a push, I don't know, like five or six years ago. But it's not a great long-term approach to running because you're emphasizing one area way more than any of the other areas of your training. Mm-hmm. You can't just key in on long runs. Like, there's long runs, there's speed, there's strength, there's different levels of speed. Like, that's the other thing. You can't just say speed work. Like, how hard are you pushing? Do you have mediums, hards? All of these areas really need to be trained in order for your best long-term year after year after year progress. Yeah, and actually, for that example, it really does give you the best chance at the short-term success as well, right? People don't always think that it does. They think that just focusing on the long-distance runs, you know, the longer, slower distance is the best way, but it really isn't. Like, it is actually better for your short-term and your long-term to train all systems, you know, to still continue to do the speed work and the strength and, like, the mobility and all the other things that go with it. So let's go on to the next point, okay? So the next point that we want to make of, you know, what it means to train sustainably is that, or how we do it, I should say, is that we train from a place of satisfaction with our current state, okay? I always say, if you change, it needs to be changing from a place of love and acceptance and, again, satisfaction of being happy with where you are right now, right? We shouldn't try to change ourselves because we think that, we want to be a better version. We want to be better in some way, you know, or that we're not good enough now, right? Because if we say that I want to be better in the future, that implies that we're not good enough as we are right now. Right. Right. So if we train from this place of I'm happy with where I am right now and I also want to keep growing. I also want to keep seeing what I'm capable of, keep seeing if I can get faster or what, you know, what more can I do? 
that's a much better mindset to train from than, you know, I'm not good enough and I want to prove to myself, you know, prove something to myself. Well, yeah. And if you're not good enough, then training almost becomes a form of punishment because you aren't good enough. So you have to go through this, I don't know, physical torture, shall we say? Like, oh, well, I've got to go get my run in today as though that's a punishment, as though that's a bad thing that you need to go get your run in. When I say I need to go get my run in, that's a high point of my day because I need to go get my run in. But there are definitely people out there in the running community that are like, oh, man, I got to go get my run in, I guess. And it just, it sounds so defeating when they say it, that it seems like there's no excitement, there's no fun at all. And if exercise, if running, if training in whatever aspect is punishment to you, you're eventually going to stop doing it because you're going to avoid the punishment. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, you know, the people that have that outlook on training, I think are the ones that are in it for more of the short-term success, right? Yes. They don't see the long-term benefits of running. They just are in it to train for that half marathon or train for that marathon so that they can check off the bucket list item and then be done, right? I think that when we can come at our running, I think as runners, we really enjoy running in general, right? Or at least we want to enjoy running and, or we used to enjoy running and for some reason we don't anymore, maybe because our body isn't cooperating with us. That just means you need to train in a different way so that your body starts cooperating again, right? That's 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 really all it is, is that the way that you're currently training isn't the way that's right for you. That's all that that means. It doesn't mean that you're not a runner. It doesn't mean that you don't have a runner's body. It just means that you haven't yet found the proper way for your body to train because there is a better way for you to train that's right for your body. And that's different for everybody because every body is different, right? Kevin loves running longer miles. He likes to run more days than I do. Like Kevin loves to run like at least six days a week, you know, depending on, um, how our schedules or how his schedule kind of works out. Um, you take your rest days either on a seven day or a 10 day cycle, right? I mean, kind of depending on what, what's going on. Yeah. The, the rest days, like I try to make sure that I've never gone two full weeks without taking a rest day. Yeah. And then they, they generally fall somewhere in the middle of the week just because those are like the busy days of mm-hmm. moving our kids around to places where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take an off day. And you look at me, you're like, are, are you sure it's an off day? I'm like, well, I haven't taken one in like, I don't know, over a week. So yeah, I'm good today. Yeah. And I am the kind of runner that likes to run four days a week and sometimes five, depending on if I'm training for a race. You know, if I'm training for a half marathon, then I will sometimes do it on four days. Sometimes I'll add that fifth day in depending on what my goal is, depending on what is going on. Um, but if I, I just don't have a desire to run more than that because I really enjoy strength training and I like to have dedicated strength days that I, you know, don't have to also run on. Like that's just how I like to train, right? Cause I find that that's better for my body. If I run too many days and you know, I can, I could try to run more days a week. I just don't want to, right? Cause that's just uh, the way that I like to set up my training. That's a, it's a really it's good way. It's what makes me happier. It. Yes, I could run more days, but I just don't want to because it doesn't sound fun. Right and now. And as soon as you start taking away the aspect of it, it's entertaining, it's something that I have to do, mm-hmm. you take the fun away and it becomes something that you have to do, then it's punishment. Right, because, you know, it's one of those things, and going back to our point here, you know, of, of training with satisfaction from where we are and really 
honoring that, right, in ourselves. Um, the reason I got into running was because I didn't like my body. That was the very first, you know, reason that I got into running when I was in college, um, other than running for punishment was when I was in high school in all of my sports. Like the first time that I actually voluntarily went out to run, you know, um, it was because I wasn't happy because I had gained weight my freshman year of college and I wasn't happy with my body. And guess what? I wasn't consistent, you know, because when you train from that place of like wanting to change your body because you're not happy with it, okay, at least this was my experience, right? It's a very unrewarding thing. It is viewed, I viewed it as torture, as punishment, right? As unrewarding because the rewards aren't coming fast enough. It's not like you go out for a run and all of a sudden you're like five pounds skinnier. Like that's not how it works. Like you have to run week after week, month after month. And then like eventually maybe you'll lose weight. It depends on like what else, you know, how else you're um, operating like with your nutrition and your sleep and all the other things, right? But when the changes don't come fast enough, when you're trying to just change your body, then that's a big reason that a lot of runners fall out of that consistency also, right? Because we want to see those changes. We're like, I'm putting in the effort. Why am I not getting the results that I want? And then they start, they fall off the wagon because they're not getting those results. This is very similar to the PR trap. It's it's like chasing a number on a clock. This reward, even if you get that number, is not always satisfying. Like, if you don't like your body right now, you're not going to like your body five pounds lighter than it is right now. Mm-hmm. If you don't think that you're a very fast runner at 31 minutes for a 5K, you're not going to suddenly be like, oh man, I'm an amazing runner because you're now at 30 minutes for a 5K. Mm -hmm. Like that number can always get slightly smaller. You have to be satisfied with your current state before you're capable of actually moving forward from it. Yeah, because it's the mindset that comes first, right? It's those thoughts and beliefs that we have about ourselves that need to come first. Like you have to already accept that you're someone that's capable of that before you actually achieve that thing and that's where I think a lot of times we can get held up and we wonder why am I not getting the results and it's like well because do you actually believe that that's possible for yourself they think that's a really big part of it as well right so then you're training for something much deeper than this seemingly superficial reward where you're training just to get this immediate thing a pr a, a lighter weight a different bmi like whatever that like that quick thing that you can say oh that's my win and now i'm satisfied with it if you're training for something deeper then you can actually keep training over and over even if from one day to the next you don't see a big change in your body in your time and whatever it is right because we have to love where we are right now we have to be happy and satisfied where we are right now and then still want to grow from there right still want to move on to achieve different things new things not necessarily better things like be making you Uh, you know, having a faster time on the clock will not actually make you a better runner. Despite what some people want to tell you, despite what you might believe, like a better runner doesn't necessarily tie exactly to a time on the clock. You can be a better runner right now and still want to get faster, still want to run longer. Um, It just, again, it depends on how you define improvement. 
Yeah, that's a bold statement. You can you can be a better runner without getting faster on the clock, and yeah. faster on the clock does not make you a better runner. Yeah, I I mean I I will stand by that one. You know, it, it's a, it's a hard one to wrap your head around, right? Because it's not what we've been taught. And um, but yeah, there we go. All right, let's move on to the next point. So what it means to train sustainably, okay, or what it requires. Another thing that it requires is an honest assessment about all areas of our life and the priorities that we hold, right? If you want to train in a way that is sustainable for you, you have to know where running falls on your list of values and priorities. What is it that you think running gives to you? Is it better health? Is it strength? Is it physical benefits, mental benefits? Like how important is running in your life? If you can define that and if you can kind of figure out which of your core values running ties into, it's going to be much more, uh, much easier for you to figure out how to get your training in and how to prioritize your training because you know why you're doing it. Yes, 100%. And if running is not like the number one thing on your list, and it doesn't have to be. I, I was not aiming for this when I, I kind of put the outline together, but you know, we're coming up on New Year's. People make their New Year's resolution. I'm going to exercise more. And for January 1st and 2nd and maybe the 3rd, exercise is now number one on the priority list. Yeah. But the problem is that that doesn't match up with who the person is. And so eventually the things within them that they've said for year upon year are my high priorities. Those high priorities have to move up on the list. You eventually have to take care of them so that you're in alignment with your own priorities. Mm -hmm. If exercise is not super high on the list, you can't just pretend that it is. Mm -hmm. Eventually you're going to blow off exercise and actually pay attention to the things that are high on your priority list. Right. I think, and this is where exercise for the sake of exercise becomes a problem. Yes. Right. And I think that that's really the difference here. When you can tie exercise into one of your core values and priorities and understand how that thing helps you become, uh, I don't want to say again, a better version, but I'm just going to say it for the lack of a better word, right? Um, a better version or a more evolved version of yourself in other areas. Like for me, for us, I think both of us hold this value that, you know, running helps us to practice um, patience and helps us to take care of ourselves so that we show up better for our family and for each other, right? So running is one thing that we use to become better parents, right? To actually become better spouses and to connect with each other in that way. So knowing that running can help provide something that's related to my number one core value of my family that's going to make running an easier thing for me to uphold when, you know, time gets tough and things get busy or I don't feel like doing it on any given day. I know that for me, running helps me to be a stronger, healthier version of myself in all areas, including my parenting, including my relationships. This is excellent because then you're going beyond prioritizing various activities in the day. Right. You're going deeper than that. You have to go through and do some kind of difficult work where you're trying to figure out what your most important values are. 
And then how does running connect to those? And if you link it to one of your top values, it automatically is a high priority. Going out and exercising does not necessarily become the priority, but that value is always high on the list. Mm -hmm. So then you don't have to lie to yourself. You don't have to be like, oh, if I can just keep the motivation and the willpower, I will exercise day upon day. You've linked running, you've linked to exercise and working out and all the things that come with it, the strength training and the the nutrition and the sleeping and full recovery days, all of these things are now connected to a core value of you. So now they're all super important. Yeah. And like another one of my core values is growth, right? I want to be a person that is continuously growing in my life, right? I want to be growing in my relationships. I want to be growing in my spiritual life, in my education, in the way that I help people and provide value in this world. I want to constantly be growing and running is a way that for me to grow, right? Running is a way for me to challenge myself and overcome obstacles in my life that you know, other things don't necessarily do. So I don't exercise just for the sake of exercise. Exercise is not a core value or a high priority for me, but I know that it's a means to an end in many ways. Um, And I value growth and I value health. That's another core value for me, right? I want to be a very healthy individual. I want to be an example to my kids and to anyone else that knows me of what's possible in this world, right? And I know that running and the you know being a consistent runner and being a, a strong runner and being a runner that's going out there and hitting numbers that maybe are faster than other people think are possible right for me um, and proving those kinds of things to myself at you know the age that I am that's an important way for me to grow and um, continue that in my life right so I think it's very important for us to be very clear on what our priorities and values are because that will also help us to train in a more sustainable way. Sure. And here's one of the important aspects of, of your priorities is they're not carved in stone somewhere. Yeah. Like the most important thing to you on any, you know, season of your life, season of the year from one week to the next does not need to be the most important thing the next week. Like it does not have to be fixed. Your core values tend to be more solid, but I'd say even with those, you want to take, make sure that they continue to represent you as you evolve as a person. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, that was one thing I was going to point out is that your core values and your priorities aren't necessarily the same thing, right? right? Like your core values as a person can change for sure. Um, most likely they're not going to change that much from, from day to day or from month to month or year to year, but they might change right from decade to decade. Like, you know, my core values now as a 40 year old woman are much different than they were as a 20 year old woman, right? Because I have a family now, I have children, I have, I'm at a completely different place in my life right now. I, I'm living a completely different life than I was when I was 20 years old, right? So it would make sense that my core values are different, right? So when you maybe are working and you are a parent to small children versus when you are retired and your children are grown up, you may have slightly different core values. They might be the same, um, but they might just look a little different, right? And when we talk about priorities, 
that's kind of what you are choosing. They're connected to your core values, but it's what you're choosing to focus on in any given season of your life. So for running, we're talking about training cycles, really. Right. You're talking about training cycles. In other seasons, you could say, oh, well, my family is a really high priority. Well, I was just having lunch with one of my coworkers today. Her kids are in their low to mid 20s. So she has a whole lot less interaction day to day with them, the ones grown up and in Texas. So it's sort of like, well... I spent a lot of time with them. She had a different job when when they were younger, when they were in their like single digits in their young teens than she does now. Once they got, they grew up, they Mm -hmm. were heading off to college, they were moving to literally other states. She's like, I got a lot more invested in in my job at school because she's one of my my coworkers I teach with her. Now she's running the foreign language department. That's not something that she would have done. Her priority was to spend more time with her family, but Mm -hmm. they're, they're grown and moved out at this point in time. So the timeline and and how much time commitment she has to devote to her kids Mm -hmm. is way different right now. Right. Exactly. But like going back to core values, you know, core values could be things like, you know, love or contribution or growth, right? Like, my core value now is still growth. I would say, you know, I didn't really know about core values when I was 20 years old, but like, I would say growth was probably one of them, right? Like I always was asking like, what can I do? How can I grow? How can I like do more, do more, right? And so it just shows up in different ways and the way that we rank our priorities um, can be different, right? And so this is where um, when we train in a way that causes us to sacrifice some areas of our life that we want to be our priorities, like say our family, right? If you are choosing to train for like a marathon or an ultra marathon or something like that, and that requires you taking more time away from your family, that could put you at odds with that core or with that priority of family, right? If you say you have a a family, uh, making your family a priority, it may or may not, like this is different. And there's no judgment here. We're not saying that training for a marathon means that you don't value your family. So please don't hear that, right? But if the way that it plays out in your life, if that's what ends up happening, that you're you're feeling like you you aren't spending enough quality time with your family because of your training, that's going to lead to inconsistency and breaks in training, right? Because you are feeling this disconnect from what you say is a priority to what is actually happening in your life. Right. But then there's also this aspect of being super honest with yourself about where running fits on your priority list and pretending that running is lower on your list and that you want to spend, you know, all the time, all day long with your family. If running is actually kind of comparable or, you know, maybe running's behind your family, but it's awfully close on the list, but you always put family before running, eventually you're going to find yourself in the very undesirable spot of spending time with your family and resenting them. Yeah. Well, you do it. Which is an awful feeling. It's terrible. Right. This was one of the reasons that like I always said I could never be a stay-at-home mom, you know, and it wasn't because I didn't love my kids and it wasn't because my family wasn't a priority. I just knew that there were other priorities that I would be sacrificing if I were to do that, right? Like, again, going back to my, one of my core values of growth, like not to say that I couldn't do it, you know, and, and, um, that I couldn't grow as a human being if I was a stay at home mom. I just knew that for me, it wouldn't be the right fit, right? God bless all the people that are stay at home moms. I think that you all are doing some of the hardest work on this planet for sure. Right. But I didn't want to 
prioritize my family so, so high above, like that there was this gap, right, between my family priority and like everything else that I prioritized in my life. Like I, there's a lot of priorities that I have that all, that I want to, you know, kind of share, not that share that top spot because when push comes to shove, my family's coming first, right? Um, And I think that that's important, but understanding that you don't have to sacrifice all of the other areas or all the other priorities in your life for that top priority at all time. And I think that goes back to your point of, you know, kind of shifting priorities throughout the year and, and different seasons, right? Like you might have a season where you do like want to run a marathon and you know that that's going to mean that you take some time away from your family to get in your training and you're okay with that during that season. But if you're doing that season after season after season, that's where it might get tiresome and that's where the breakdowns come along. What this also involves like being your best in whatever area you're showing up. Like if when you are spending time with your family, you're thinking that you should be running. And when you're Mm -hmm. running, you're thinking that you should be spending time with your family. You're not ever doing either of them at a high level. Mm -hmm. So none of them feel rewarding. Everything feels frustrating and you always feel like you're behind and missing something, Yeah, which is, it's just a terrible way to be. You actually just have to be really honest and say, look, this is my priority now. Priorities can change. Mm -hmm. And when I'm, when I go run, I'm going to focus on running. When I'm spending time with my family, I'm not going to think about running. I'm not going to also be on my phone. I'm going to spend some quality time with my family. And, you know, and then maybe after whatever race is there, then maybe the the priorities shift and I'm going to spend more time with my family, less on running. But still, when I'm with my family, I'm with them. And when I'm running, I'm running. Yeah, because, you know, if running is not high on your list, right? Say running is one of those things that just keeps getting pushed lower and lower and lower. How much do you actually value your health, right? If if you are constantly sacrificing your running for other areas, are you also putting other areas of your health lower as well? And is your health a priority to you? Yeah, that's that's a good one to dive into. But then there's also, as training falls lower on your list, how important is it that you're training in a good, holistic, overall approach? Like if you're like, yeah, I run because, you know, I feel like I should, you're not going to go go through the effort of like trying to find a training plan that works best for you in the most sustainable manner because you're really just kind of getting some exercise in when you can because it's just not that important to you. Mm, So what's not that important to you then? So, I mean, it's... Say more on that. It's a little blunt, but I think that some people train in a very unsustainable manner, quite frankly, because their health and their exercise and their fitness is not that high of a priority. They may say that it is, Mm. but their actions suggest the complete opposite, that their health is not at all one of their high priorities. And so the whole training in a sustainable manner doesn't make sense because they don't need it to be a sustainable thing because it's just not that important. That's really interesting. Like, and I feel like you just called out a lot of people right now, um, that the people, like, if you do have a problem with consistency, why is that right? Like, is your health and fitness, is that actually a priority in your life? Or do you just think that it should be? No, like, like people, you want it to be. You want it to be. Yeah. Everyone says your health should be a priority. Oh, That's no, no. So health is super important to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When's the last time you went for a run? Oh, like three months ago. Oh, what'd you have for dinner last night? I just had dessert. Like, 
Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a bit of an extreme. I know. I, yeah. went, I went all the way on that one. But. Right. And, and please, guys, understand that this is not coming from a point of judgment at all. But I think this is a very important point that you're making here. But that's why I took it all the way and to that's the extreme. Why, and that's why I wanted you to clarify this. Because I'm like, wait, wait, I actually just paused this. And I was like, what are you, what are you trying to say here, bud? <laughs> like, well, that's why I went to the extreme yeah. levels. Because then it's, it, it's hard to feel a lot of judge when you go that big. But that's kind of taking it all the way out there yeah. of someone who doesn't run who doesn't go through any sort of like regular exercise routine because you don't have to run. There's lots of different ways of exercise, but somebody who doesn't have a regular exercise routine, but says that their health is a high priority to them. The actions aren't supporting that. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of times we want our health to be a priority, right? We want to want our health to be a priority. Yes. And and that's where I think I was listening to a coaching call today um, from my coach who was coaching someone on like a completely different thing. It was a relationship that she was in. And she's like, I want to blah, 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 blah. And she's like, no, you want to want to. And I was like, wait a second. Like, and that's where we get so we get, we beat ourselves up for it. Right. Cause we're like, my health is a priority, but yet I can't be consistent. And it's like, well, is your health actually a priority? And we say that without judgment in just a way for you to ask yourself, is my health actually a priority to me? And do my actions support that? Right. Am are, am I acting in a way that shows that my health is a priority to me and that sustainable you know, success in my health and in my running and, um, in that, uh, the longevity of it too. Is that a priority? Do I want to be running and training and exercising for the rest of my life? Right. I, I would argue, and I might be off on this one, but I would argue that if health is a priority, that sustainably training is a key important aspect of that. Yeah. Like if you want to be a healthy person long-term, if that is a core value to you, I value my health, then sustainable training Mm -hmm. is what is going to get you there and and keep you there. That's why it's sustainable. Like it, it maintains that healthy lifestyle year upon year. Well, and I think that this is the power that we have right now. We have so much information on how to train in a better way. You know, I was talking to um, a a local running friend who ran um, back in like the 80s, essentially. And she was, I was talking to her and she's like, you guys understand how to train so much better now than we ever did. We just ran, you know, and I went out there every day and I just ran as many miles as I could always at that medium, moderate pace, you know, and my knees are wrecked now, you know? So it's like she trained in a way that got her those short-term results, but now 20, 30 years later, she's, her body's paying the price for it and she's not able to run anymore because her knees are just toasted from the way that she was training all those years ago, which is really unfortunate because it was like, you know, she just didn't know better at that time. We just didn't have the amount of knowledge and information that we have nowadays that really can help us train in a way that makes running a lot more sustainable well into, you know, the later decades of our lives. I think that illustrates an interesting point about runners at that high of a level. Cause she was training at like Olympic trials, right? Like that was her speed. Like yeah. she was that level of a runner, but you look at, you know, elite level athletes right now, mm-hmm. are they necessarily training in the most sustainable way possible? Right. You're talking people running 120, 150 mile weeks. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be something that 
they can transition out of and still be physically healthy to run years down the road? Is it something they mentally are even going to still want to run years down the road or did they, are they done? Are they done with that area? Yeah. And I think it really depends on the person, right? And I think that you really have to understand our last point, um, about what it means to train sustainably, which is you need to understand and really get clear on what you want to get out of running and then what you actually need to do to get that result. And are you willing to do that thing? Oh yeah, entirely. Like, what do you want to get out of running? And if that thing is just overall health, then running can be an aspect of your overall health and how it it plays a role varies. Ultimately, you need to figure out what the big result is that you want to go for and then figure out how running can fit into that. And running can continue to fit into your life for year upon year as long as you continue to gain rewards from that. And the rewards don't necessarily mean a smaller number on a scale, a a faster time on a clock. It can have all sorts of rewards for you. Yeah, for sure. And, And ultimately, if you get clear on that, that will allow you to create what running means in your life. It help, will help you to create what it looks like um, to train sustainably, to train, again, with purpose, right? That's what this is all about is understanding the purpose behind your running, understanding the purpose behind every workout that you do. When you train with a purpose, you gain that clarity on why you're doing what you're doing so that you can go out there and be consistent and then actually get the results that you're looking for. So again, guys, if you're catching this on the day that it drops on December 16th, today's your last day to get into the Real Life Runners Training Academy this year. So we want you to head over to the website, realliferunners.com, and just click on the button right there that says, you know, sign up for the academy or um, something about that. <laughs> it's it's the, the button that is right in the middle of the homepage. It's not subtle. It's Yeah, it's a big gold button that's, that says sign up for the academy or something like that. Go click on that button right now so that you can get what you need to achieve greatness, to achieve sustainable results in your running, to achieve consistency. We will walk you through exactly how to do that. We have created a step-by-step method that gives you the exact plan that you need to follow, a plan that's right for you, okay? Not just a cookie-cutter plan that everybody gets, Not everybody does not get the same plan, okay? You will, when you join the academy, you fill out a questionnaire, a training plan request. We take a look at that. We figure out, you know, how many days per week you want to run, where you are right now. Are you currently running the whole time? Are you currently doing run-walk? You know, what's going on in your training right now? right now. And then we will load a plan that is right for you. Because when you have a customized plan that fits for you and your life and the goals that you want out of your training, you know, we all want to feel stronger. We all want to challenge ourselves and feel accomplished and feel proud of ourselves and know that every time that we go out and are putting in the time and the effort to go out and run and to train, that we're making progress. That's what we want to know, right? And the when you train with purpose and train with a customized plan that's right for you, you will find that progress. So if you want us to help you, head over to realliferunners.com and click the button to join the Real Life Runners Training Academy today. All right, if you have any questions, please reach out. We hope that we see you inside there. As always, thank you for spending this time with us on the podcast today. This has been the Real Life Podcast, Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 231. Now get out there and run your life.